variety of life and long-term care policies, FinSec Life can help deliver peace of mind, knowing that if something happens, you or your company is taken care of. Visit FinSecLife.com. That's F-I-N-S-E-C Life.com. Securities offered through Valmark Security, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Valmark Advisors, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. FinSec Life is a separate entity from Valmark Securities, Inc. and Valmark Advisors, Inc. Hey friends, David Pollock here. If you're craving the best soft serve ice cream around, Topper's Creamery's got you covered. Serving the Apopka community for over a decade, Topper's is known for the finest old fashioned custard style soft serve ice cream in a variety of flavors from their French vanilla bean to exciting specials like German chocolate cake. But the experience doesn't end there. Be sure to grab a fresh baked waffle cone or a sundae topped with my favorite, the fresh baked brownies. They even offer pup cups for your four-legged friends. So hurry in to Topper's Creamery in Apopka, South 512 Hunt Club Road. Make sure to tell them David sent you. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to ride. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You ain't heard nothing yet. Wait a minute, I tell you. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell... I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Welcome to the David Pollock Show. I'm going to take it anymore. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of the team. Everything is awesome when you're living out a dream. Living out a dream. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the David Pollock Show. We have a very, very exciting, fast paced show for you tonight we're going to be talking about all of the good work done by the florida state legislature i'm joined by uh, uh most of the members of our seminole county state delegation and they have a lot of updates for you i know a lot of people hear about the things that are on the news some of these bigger type things you know we have the abortion laws and the gun laws and all these other things and you also know what they call them but we're going to have the real truth. We're going to have the nuts and bolts of everything that was accomplished in a very busy and productive legislative session. We're also going to talk about some of this news out here, guys. I mean, come on. We have Title 42 expiring here on Thursday. We have 700,000, possibly a million people just sitting there waiting to come into the country. Uh, who knows what we're going to do with them? You know, we have crime in Texas, the gun debates roaring. We have to talk about all of that. And I'll tell you what, I'm not going to waste much time, but I have to tell you, I don't know if you guys were at the uh, Freedom Expo um, this past weekend, but man, was it a lot of fun over there at the Seminole Harley-Davidson. I was out there, uh, the American Adversaries was out there, Carl Jackson was out there, and Sebastian Gorka was out there as well. I had the opportunity to interview, oh, Gabe was there as well. I had to, <laughs> I had the opportunity to uh, sit down with uh, Dr. Gorka, and guys, if you haven't been to any of my social media pages, you need to go to Twitter. I'm at The Pollock Show on Twitter, and I'm at The David Pollock Show on Facebook and Instagram. I'm going to be putting up the uh, interview that I had with Sebastian Gorka exclusively to my podcast, and I'll upload it to all those sites. So make sure you either go to our website, which will you'll find all of our past shows, or go to my social media, especially go to my Twitter. I just said 
I, to some people, this isn't going to be a lot. To me, I just hit 500 followers on Twitter. I think that's a big deal, right? <laughs> so make sure you go and like all that stuff, follow in all those places, and you can ex- and you can catch that as well. I also had the opportunity to interview Todd uh, Saylor, and if you haven't met that guy, man, so much energy. But let's get right to it because it is going to be a busy show. You don't want to miss a second. You don't even want to go and get a snack. Nothing. Do not go anywhere, and especially not during my breaks because you have to hear about my sponsors. But I don't want to waste any more time, and I want to bring in a freshman state legislature, and she's doing an amazing job. Representative Rachel Plakin, welcome to The David Pollack Show. Thank you so much for having me, David. How are you tonight? Oh, man, we're doing well. You know, I don't have any audio clips for Gabe. And usually one of our things we like to do on the show is have audio clips and either Gabe or myself will mess them up. So we're not doing that tonight. So tonight is going really well. The camera's working and the phones are working. So, yes, we're having a good, a great show. <laughs> Very good. So far, so good. So well, far, so good. Suggestion. We're on vacation, but. You have an amazing show, and I wanted to be a part of it. I couldn't miss it. And I'm so happy you're here. And you deserve a vacation because you guys have been busy. I'm going to go through some of these things, and I know you're going to talk about some of the things you were involved in. But here are just some of the bigger things that you guys were able to accomplish. I mean, just recently, we have this bill banning Chinese citizens from owning land. We have the Reedy Creek um, Improvement District legislation. We have permitless carry. The bathroom bill, which we're going to talk about in just a second. School choice. uh, Abortion. Uh, condos, making condos safer, affordable housing stuff, um, you know, the resign to run, which is get a little controversial, but we'll talk about that too. I mean, you guys have done so much. And I think the voters, at least in Seminole County and the ones who voted for you are getting their money's worth because you guys have hit the ground running. You're acting like real conservatives. You're giving Floridians exactly what they'd expect. So thank you and bravo for a job well done. And you deserve this vacation, but yet you took time out to talk to my listeners. So let's get right into it. Um, what? Give me some highlights about what you were able to do. I mean, I already gave a few, but what do you want to talk about? Well, you're so right. I mean, we had a record stellar year, and I heard so many people say, you know, that have been in this process a long time. They said they've never seen anything like this. The level of accomplishment from the legislature um, is just unprecedented. And our Republican majority, you know, we have a super majority uh, because we ran on good conservative principles. I mean, my district is a plus two Democrat seat, right? So I started with negative two percent and I won by nine and a half points running on these very, very conservative principles. And so promises made, promises kept. I'll tell you a few of the things that we got done. Um, Started with our special session back in December. We passed a massive toll relief package to get immediate cash into the pockets of Floridians, um, which since December, if you take into consideration our budget that we just passed, that's like $2.7 billion in tax relief um, since December. We passed permanent exclusion of sales tax for anything involved in raising a baby. Um, and that includes wipes, diapers, strollers, cribs, clothing. So that, that comes in very handy for us right now, having a nine-month-old. Yeah. And we, uh, we also did reform with pharmacy benefit managers. So we're going to lower your prescription drug costs. Um, $100 million for my Safe Florida Home program. Um, the hardened homes against hurricanes, and get those reduction in rates. And we also did massive court reform, unprecedented, um, helping to drive down property insurance costs. We're all, you know, we've all been feeling property insurance go up and up for many years now. Um, and then Representative Placencia is going to be with you later, I heard, on the show. Um, she passed, she helped pass the largest expansion of school choice in the United States history. Um, also, 
you know, we reiterated that in the state of Florida, parents have a fundamental role in their kids. You know, we've expanded parental rights. Yeah. These things are very, very important. Um, we did protections against illegal immigration. We just passed the verify constitutional carry, as you mentioned, and um, and we fought for the right to life. You know, we said that we're we're going to roll back to six weeks. You know, I wish we could have gotten a complete ban on abortion, but for now, that was the best we could get done, and that that's you know going to going to eliminate almost all of the abortions. So yeah. this is very, very good. There's a lot of progress that we got made and um, tackled the fentanyl crisis. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll talk to you about um, some of the bills and stuff that I did as well. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I mean, what you're what you're discussing, and this is the things that conservatives mm-hmm. have known forever. Conservatives yes. give results to all Americans and all Floridians. It's not it's not just these policies work for Republicans. Every time conservatives are in leadership, good things happen. The economy's better. Prices are lower. You know, everybody does better with conservative policies. We've known that for a long time. Now, what the left does so well is they distract everybody with lies on social issues, and they try to pit people against each other to distract from the results that they're getting from conservatives in legislature. And, And the thing is, and then they go so far into create these issues that it requires the conservatives to respond. I mean, we have issues where, you know, the the trans issues are becoming now in the forefront, which represents such a small portion of the LGBTQ plus community. However, they're making this such a big deal because they want to force conservatives to pivot from all the productivity and all the great things they're doing and and get marred down by some of these issues. But now here's the deal. Conservatives, and this is what I love about your class, Your class hears from their voters. And what they're saying is, you know what? You guys are not going to push us around, distract us. We can do it just like you. And you know what? We're going to push back. And that's what I want to talk about your bill, the bill that that requires people to use the actual restrooms and other facilities that their gender assigns them. And it's not because conservatives are are transphobic or any of these other accusations. It's because people are, are not safe. In some of these locations on a show um, recently, it was a couple of weeks ago, I played audio from TikTok of, of a trans a radical trans activist who was talking about arming up and daring somebody to tell them they can't use the restroom. And we know there are crimes being committed, sexual assaults in bathrooms. And your bill goes to protect people. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes, absolutely. And you're so right. I mean, we have a radical left mafia right now. It is unbelievable. I mean, I had to have constant security during session because of the fight that I took on with this bill. And a lot of protesters didn't like what I was standing for. Um, so basically, I filed and passed the Safety and Private Spaces Act. And it basically endorses the idea that men and boys go to the men's room and women and girls go to the women's room, right? Something we've all known um, for generations now, and we've respected it until recently. And it protects, it protects everyone, right? It protects all Floridians with an emphasis on women and girls because you, you have to look at statistics. 91% of sexual assault victims are female, biological females. And so, yes, the left-wing media has come out and said, like, oh, this is going to put trans people in harm's way and everything. But as we all know, biological males, the best place for them is with other biological males. And when it comes to restrooms and changing facilities, we're also in this legislation protecting our prison inmates as well. You can't have male sex offenders waking up one day and saying they're really a woman and then being placed into women's prison. It's just not safe. The best part that I like about this bill, though, is it prevents children in schools 
from having someone from the opposite sex go into their restroom, right? Yeah. We've seen assaults. You've read about, we have read about assaults in Virginia, you know, where a boy went into the girls' restroom in school and beat up two girls, you know, and it's just not okay. It's not okay. And a grown man shouldn't be able to follow a little girl into the restroom and have that look normal. And you know, and so with this bill, we're protecting our we're protecting all Floridians with an emphasis on standing up for women in their private spaces and girls. Right, right. And a lot of the criticism that you'll get is, "Oh, this is transphobic because of this." Or, but here's the reality: years ago, and this is yeah. what I'm talking about, how the liberals will will in, create issues to to divide people. Because you're look, if if somebody can't tell if somebody's a biological woman or not. This probably wouldn't be an issue, to be honest with you. And years ago, this could have been happening. We wouldn't even know. It's when they turned it Correct. into a very public, somebody obviously biologically ma male, who's like, I'm just going to go into that bathroom. And some of them do it just to be antagonistic. And, you know, and if you're a parent with young children, and if you see somebody that's clearly a male walk into the women's restroom and you're like, well, my daughter's in there, what are you going to do? Hesitate to say, well, I don't want to stop that male from walking into the restroom when my daughter's in there because I don't want to be transphobic. I mean, that's what we're talking about here. And, and this is what your bill does well. Man, you have done so incredibly much. You have to come back on this show to tell me about more of the stuff you guys accomplished. I know you're on vacation, and I don't want to keep you any longer because you deserve it. So put the work aside for a I, second. Put your feet up you. somewhere. Get a drink. <laughs> let your husband watch the baby for a little bit. And you go and rest and enjoy the well-deserved rest. And please come back on the show very, very soon so we can talk about all the other accomplishments of our uh, freshman legislature cl uh, class from Seminole County. I, I will, David. I thank you so much for having me. And let me just close by saying, you know, that the left tried to intimidate me. They tried to intimidate me at the Capitol. I had to have constant security. Um, they've had tens of thousands of people commenting online against me. But, you know, as I shared on the House floor, I will not back down. I will not be intimidated. And we, we did get the bill passed. We look forward to the governor signing it. And we're so happy that we're that I am now protecting women, um, you know, in, in our private spaces. And a lot of that is because of the support um, that people have given me and trusted me. And um, I believe we all share in this victory. Representative Flake, and thank you so much for all of your hard work. God bless. Thank you so much. You too. Now it's time for your Mortgage Minute, brought to you by the Joe Onofrey Mortgage Team. Hey guys, Joe Onofrey here. As our real estate market continues to heat up, your competition will only get stronger. Are you out looking for your dream home for the first time or a seasoned buyer? Have you ever found yourself in a multiple bid offer only to have someone else's accepted? Losing out on what was supposed to be your dream home is the worst feeling ever. Let me help you strengthen your offer and your chances to win that contract. Presenting the strongest offer possible is the start. How about being able to close in as little as 10 days? Let us get you certified credit approved. This means your loan has already been reviewed by one of our underwriters. This means whether you're conventional, FHA, or VA, you can compete and have a higher likelihood of winning that contract. Have questions about this? Let's connect. Give me a ring at 407-720-8514 or find me online at LenderJoe.com. NMLS number 1473557. I got my first real six string. Boy, it the five and done. Played it till my fingers bled. Was a summer 
And welcome back to the David Pollack Show. We are not messing around today. We have so much to talk about and so little time. I told you not to get up. The breaks are shorter today. We are we are giving you as much as we can squeeze into this hour. And I am so happy to be joined by Representative David Smith. Welcome to the show. Now, we're talking about all the things this uh, legislature was able to accomplish this year. And you just heard uh, Representative Plakin talk about all the work you guys have working on. Now, Representative Smith, I know you've been doing this a long time and you've, you've been delivering results for a while now. And I know you want to talk about some of the great things you worked on. I have some things I want to ask you about. But before I get started on my question, how's it going? <laughs> it's going well. I tell you, uh, it, it was a historic uh, legislative session. You know, I'll bet you every legislator says that after the fact, but we really, uh, for Florida, moved some important pieces of legislation uh, that is going to continue to set Florida up for a bright future. And but man, I can tell you, Dave, we, we had a hectic pace and I'm glad to be home in Seminole County and out of Tallahassee, and uh, and am going to take a take a couple days off before I get back at it. Yeah, and it's well deserved. I I, I spoke to uh, Senator Broder when I was getting ready for the show, trying to invite him on as well, and he's like, "Can you ask me when it gets closer? My days are like 24 hours straight here, and I don't even know what day of the week is anymore." So I know you guys have been working tirelessly to deliver results, and the results speak for themselves. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about all the things you guys were able to accomplish? Uh, well, uh, we we did a lot. Uh, let me touch just on some of the the highlights, and 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 I don't want to make sure uh, I don't uh, go back over what uh, uh, what uh, Rachel Flake and Rep Flakin had had talked about. But I'll I'll tell you uh, some of the stuff that I think is significant is so poorly reported in mainstream media. Uh, I welcome the opportunity to talk about it, and I, I can tell you one of the the top bills. Uh, th that we passed was uh, was tort reform, House Bill 837, which the official title is Civil Remedies. But uh, we have a very litigious uh, state. Uh, you, you know, you know what I mean. You yeah. can't turn the TV on without getting bombarded by the attorneys' uh, uh, commercials. You can't drive down the highway without seeing the billboards of of so and so got me so much money, and uh, and it's just. It's just killing the state uh, business. I mean, it is a uh, and the Florida Chamber of Commerce uh, equates it to about a five thousand dollar per family per working family in Florida unseen tax that that uh, litigation costs just drive everything make everything more expensive. Yeah. So we really crack down on what we call a tort reform bill that is going to go after the frivolous lawsuits where somebody, they just file thousands and thousands of lawsuits and hope that you settle and it'll go away for a few bucks. Uh, and, and that's been really dragging Florida's business community down. And, and we took corrective action this year. Yeah. And that was great. And also um, there's some other big stuff coming out. I mean, this just came, broke the other day. Now, Florida has done something that I can't believe the nation hasn't done. And you talk about food security being national security, and that's what has to do with this Florida bill now, banning Chinese citizens from owning land in the state. Can you talk about that a little bit? Uh, sure. And uh, I forget the exact House bill number, and it's not Chinese uh, per SB 264. It, what, it, what it is is you have to, if you have a connection uh, with a, uh, an un, let's just call it an unfriendly country, Let, and we'll think the Communist Party of China, North Korea, Cuba, 
you know, the, uh, the, uh, the Syria, those are people you can't come into Florida and, and buy land. And it was mostly focused on farmland because right. uh, that's where you can buy up big tracts of land. Uh, and, and you can't come in and near critical infrastructure and think military bases. And, and that was uh, what the intent of the bill was. It was quite controversial because people were saying it was like reminiscent of the intern mm-hmm. camps and uh, of World War II against uh, uh, Japanese Americans. And it's just simply not true. It doesn't target Chinese people. It targets people who were uh, agents of the Communist Party of China. And I think right. that was an uh, something that we need to look out for in Florida. Well, and, and this is something that that we don't talk about enough, honestly. And, and that's and a lot of people don't know this. Uh, Congressman Corey Mills talked a lot about this during the campaign. And what people don't realize is that the Chinese government essentially has been buying American farmlands, lots of American farms throughout the country. Other states have done this, especially big agriculture states have barred uh, basically the Chinese government from buying agriculture land because what they do is they buy this farmland and then they don't use it for food. They redevelop it. And so what we're ha- right. what's happening is all of our, our ability to grow our own food is now being restricted. And what Representative Mills used to talk about is that when you take your ability to produce your own food away, now we're reliant on foreign countries to send us food. And this is a big threat to national security. We have to be able to feed ourselves, and we can't rely on adversarial countries like China. And so what this bill does so well is it puts Florida, a major agricultural producer, in the driver's seat and says, no, you're not buying up Florida's food and making Floridians reliant on, on hostile foreign government. So great job on yeah, that as a- well. Absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, agriculture is our, is the, the, our number two uh, leading uh, business in Florida uh, after tourism. And we have to protect that. As, as, as Americans, we should be food independent and we should be and we once were energy independent. And I, I hope we get back that way before soon. Yeah, absolutely. Now, there's another thing that people don't now. Of course, in the media, there was things that everybody heard about. I mean, obviously, the constitutional carry um, Representative Plakin referred to. I mean, we talked about protecting life and all those things. But there was also some smaller things that people don't realize that you, that were able to come out um, that really is going to save lives. And one of them being the condo bill. Um, there's new legislation that originated, I think, in the Senate where before we didn't have statewide inspection requirements for high-rise condominiums. And I believe that now there were bill, I think it was Senate Bill 4D, now requires, I guess, uh, HOAs for be, to be properly funded in order to do inspections. Are you familiar with that? Uh, yes, we, we passed that bill uh, in a special session uh, last year, and, and we had to do some follow-up uh, uh, kind of tweaking uh, that bill this year to, to uh we basically, you had condo associations that would waive uh, the requirement to raise the money to do the inspections. And we're, and we're like, no, after the certainly the, the lesson learned with the Surfside collapse uh, that killed 98 people, uh, you, you've got to do those inspections. And, and we now have legislation in place to, to enforce that. And then also, regardless of what the left says and how Republicans don't care about affordable housing, you also have Senate Bill 102, the Live Local Act, which makes it easier for areas that are not being utilized for affordable housing to be redeveloped for that purpose. Could you speak to that? Right. We, we, it was a uh, top priority of Senate President uh, Kathleen Casadomo, $720 million uh, going into additional uh, affordable housing. And we, we have two programs 
two main programs in Florida called their, the acronyms are SHIP and SALE. And it's like a, a first-time home buyer down payment assistance. Uh, it's also uh, uh, help you uh, get uh, pay off the impact fees to make your home cheaper. So we're putting significant amount of state money uh, in, in with local communities to allow people to get into a home so they can so they can live where they work. And it's it's focused on on working families. And uh, and that was a great bill. Yeah, I mean, and that we're showing people that. And as I talked to Representative Plakin about this too, conservative policies help everybody. When, when the Democrats win, they make all these promises of how they're going to help people. They rarely do. You see what's happening in some of these blue cities across the country where they're becoming food deserts because stores are literally closing because of mobs. And look in Florida where we have a super majority. We're delivering results for everybody, not just Republicans. Conservative principles help all. And this is a perfect example of it. Now, I have two more. You are such an expert on all this stuff. And I know you've been doing this a little bit, but man, you're such a resource. So I have two more to fire at you real quick. Actually, three. Now, one I want to talk about, obviously, it's controversial, but the Reedy Creek, the Reedy Creek Improvement District. You want to talk about that for a second? Right. Uh, you know, uh, the, the whole thing, uh, I'll be up front with you. Yeah. I, I think the, uh, the dialogue and, and what's, it's beyond dialogue, the, the, the friction between the governor certainly and, and, uh, and Disney, I think really got blown, uh, way out of control, way out of proportion, uh, in, in that, you know, Disney's not run out of Orlando. It's run out of Hollywood, California. You know, so you had you had decisions being made in California that were impacting us here in Florida, and and it, it just got out of control. But uh, I mean, Reedy Creek. I mean, come on. Uh, Disney had to, literally, I kid you not, had the authority to build their own nuclear power plant. You know, so these documents uh, that established Reedy Creek, uh, you know, back in the late '60s. Uh, they, they had to they had to be updated, and then it then it became a wedge issue when when really Disney California uh, spouted off in a way that they they really shouldn't. They should be running their business, not trying to do social engineering, especially not here in Florida. We, we we've got the wrong uh, we we've got the governor that's not going to put up with that. So so we took some legislative action and took some authority back away from that special district. Uh, so, uh, and I voted for that bill. And then one, uh, two more, I got 49 seconds before I go to a hard break. Real quick, um, the radioactive roads they're reporting on now. Everybody, they're trying to make it a big deal. Like Republicans are trying to make your roads radioactive. Can you speak to that in 15 seconds? Yes, yeah, it's a gypsum. We funded or we uh, allowed DEP to conduct a study. That is all it is, is a study how to use a waste byproduct from from mining gypsum and what can you do with it 22 states or i mean i'm sorry 22 countries already use this in roads and what we passed this session was hey uh, uh department of environmental protection conduct a study see if this would work in florida that's all we did and there's the truth representative smith thank you so much for being on the show you have to come back and give us more updates stay tuned for more of the david pollack show
to the David Pollard show. Um, we're back. As I told you, we're not going to leave out a second and you're going to get every moment of all the information you could possibly digest on the David Pollock show. So absolutely do not go anywhere at all. And uh, just stay, stay listening because we have so much information to cover. Now I got another state representative on the line. She's Susan Placencia. Welcome to the show. Representative Placencia. Hello, how are you? Very good. So now we've had Representative Plake and we've had Representative Smith, everybody talking about all the great work you're doing and everything that you're able to accomplish um, in this very, very productive um, session. And you are a freshman state representative, but yet you were instrumental into passing one of the, one of probably the best school choice initiatives in the country. Can you talk about HB1? Sure, absolutely. That was, it was an honor and a privilege to work on that. Uh, in case some of your listeners don't know, I come from a school choice family. So I'm, I'm one of those parents who didn't like the way the school system was working for uh, educating their children. I homeschooled them. I also uh, used the scholarships and um, I made sure that they had a fantastic education. And now, of course, my children are in their 20s and early 30s. And thriving and enjoying their careers. And so it was an honor to, to be able to work on that bill with Representative Tuck. And what that does, our school choice bill is not just about private schools. It's about the money following the child anywhere. So if you, and, and of course it's, it's, it's an XYZ amount of dollars, about $8,000 if you're going to go to a private school, but you can take that as long as the private school will accept it. You can go to that private school and take your children there. If you would like to homeschool them, there are opportunities there as well and money available to follow the child. So uh, you can pay for your curriculum. You can do some of the testing that you need to do to um, be able to test into the next grade when you're homeschooling. You can pay for tutoring if needed uh, with these funds because it follows the child. And if you choose public school, you can use that money to pay for transportation to go to a magnet school as well. Um, this is just an all-around good bill that, a law actually at this stage, that benefits the public as a whole because Florida leads the nation in education. We're number three in the United States in achievements in kindergarten through 12th grade. And I'm hoping with this bill we'll become number one. Yeah. And, and and I hope everybody at home is hearing this because a lot of the, I have conversations with people. People, people still think um, that there's income restrictions on um, some of this assistance. And I keep telling them, no, guys, everything has changed. It's it's a shame that it hasn't been, I think, reported on. I, I think because this is one of those things that benefits everybody and the media doesn't want to do it. They want to talk about the more controversial stuff. But this really right. will help everybody regardless of income regardless of the community and this is something that our underserved communities have asked for for a long time as well if you live in a community mm -hmm. that has a failing school this gives you the ability to send your child somewhere that's going to give them the education they deserve i mean i hope people that's understand right. what you guys did and i talked about this with each representative i talked about a representative smith i talked about this with representative uh, plakin conservatives when they govern we have a super majority so you didn't mm -hmm. have to negotiate to do this for anybody. When the Democrats occupy this position, they don't consider anybody else but what Democrats want to do. What you guys have done is helped everybody. And I hope the Democrats that are listening to the show, if, if I hope you guys are listening. Um, I hope they hear 
that when you vote for a conservative, you're not just voting for Republican Party politics. You're voting for policies that makes everybody's life better. And this is a perfect example of how that does that, right? Oh, absolutely. I can I can go a little further in that this bill and because we have a supermajority, if if this is what we'd like to do, this is, you know, we work on it and we make a bill better. But we make a bill better by making sure that all the voices are heard. And if there's a Democrat in another part of the state, they too represent people. And as a part of this bill, HB1, we listen to the concerns that everyone had. If you had some constructive uh, criticism, some good um, policies that we can put into this that's going to make it better for everyone, we heard you. It didn't matter the party. But because we do have a supermajority, we were able to get this over the finish line, um, but in a way that benefits the entire state. Yeah, I hope you guys heard that. The Republicans in a supermajority considered Democrat opinions when they didn't have to. That is a model that the entire country can adopt. And I can promise you this. If Democrats, when they're in the majority of the House, if they would have listened to Republicans, I promise you more would be getting done on a national basis as well. It's all about the party that comes before when the majority shifts, how they behave. And Republicans have always been the party of working across the aisle and reaching across the aisle. It's under Nancy Pelosi in the U.S. House that they decided, well, you know, we just don't have to listen to half the country anymore. And it's not only made our elections more contentious, it's made our laws less inclusive because now we're not considering other because exactly like you said, just Mm -hmm. because you represent people, even if you're not the majority, people still represent people and those voices deserve to be heard. And I hope that's right. I hope that people in Washington are paying attention to everything we've been able to accomplish in Florida because of the good work that people like you are doing um, for I the citizens so. of the state. Away. Absolutely. Now, there's something else you worked on that's, that I that we talked about. I love hearing this. Now, a lot of people don't know about the CARES program. Now, <clears throat> you see what's going on right now in Texas. And you know a lot of people talk about, is this a mental health crisis? Uh, or is it guns? I mean, and we'll get into this in the button. You're not going to get into this with me, but in the bottom segment, I'm going to be talking about this. Um, but gotcha. essentially, they're they're talking about mental health being an issue. And now we have a CARES program now in Seminole County, and I want you to talk about that a little bit and how that goes to help people with disabilities and mental impairments. Sure, absolutely. So uh, as explained earlier, I'm a freshman, and I walked in wanting to represent my district. And Seminole County has a fantastic program that I opened up to the rest of the state, and that is the CARES program. So if you have a disability, say autism, dementia, schizophrenia, a a disability, you can inform the CARES program, which is the sheriff's department there in Seminole County. Uh, You can add yourself to the registry or your child, and when 911 is called to your home, it comes up on their dash, not their dashboard in the car, but for the 911 operator, and so they're, they're able to inform the responding officer, hey, you know, this person has autism. Maybe you should not use your lights or the sirens. Something that's going to make for a better interaction with law enforcement. So what I did is I took that model and I expanded it to the rest of the state. And it's available to any county uh, in the state of Florida to begin that program. And it also provides uh, exemption from public records requests so that people's information is private as, as they're offering it up to law enforcement. Yeah, that then that's great, and and this is something that helps everybody. Now, what absolutely. Else, now you've and that that and you know how you mentioned you're a freshman, and I hope the listeners understand when Rachel, uh, uh, Representative Plakin and uh, Representative Placencia, these are freshmen. These they just got there, 
and they're doing all of this consequential work. This is, I believe, something that's very optimistic for conservatives and Republicans. These are the people now that we're sending to represent us, both in Washington, D.C. and in Tallahassee. And if these Mm -hmm. are the type of people we're getting, I'm very optimistic for the future. I mean, you're getting so much done and you're doing it for everybody. In fact, you're sticking to your principles regardless of what the rest of the party is doing. And one place you did that was with with respect to these red light cameras. Now, if you guys hate red light cameras, and I know you do, because who wants to get a little letter in the mail? (laughs) Oh, hey, by the way, you ran a a red light or, or whatever. Um, when, you know, we have enough issues, we don't need computers telling us we're violating traffic laws. Now they're trying to put them on vehicles as well, including school buses and other things. And the majority of Republicans were like, "Ah, this is great. Let's have red light cameras. But yet you stuck to your conservative principles and you stood up against it. You and Representative Flaking. Can you talk about that a little bit? That's correct. So for me specifically, when it comes to these red light ticket cameras, um, number one, we, we, a lot of people are struggling right now financially. This is not the time to start saying maybe you should pay some more, right? Um, That's number one. Number two, what I don't like specifically about the cameras is that they ticket the owner of the vehicle, not the driver. So if you, David, uh, own the car that went through, let's say, the red light, you receive the ticket. And the only way you can get out of a ticket is to point and and tell the authorities who the driver was. Um, And I don't think that it's the burden of, the person being accused to provide evidence. I believe that that should be on the state uh, to say who that driver was. And so I'm not a fan of the red light ticket cameras or anything where a big brother is watching you um, ready to send you a citation that benefits a private company. Yeah. I I mean, and Um, that's a, that's a big deal. I I mean, what you're talking about is like mm -hmm. you get a ticket and and you have to prove your innocence vice versus the opposite. I mean, then that's correct. And that's the problem. That's what people really don't like about this is that you're saying I'm guilty before I even had a chance to prove it. And so, um, you know, kudos to standing up to that and, and, and sticking uh, with your conservative principles. I got to I got I kind of want to ask you about something that might be controversial. So resign yeah. to run now has just been passed. So what, do you have any thoughts on resign to run? Did you vote for it? I did. I did. And what are your thoughts and on so, it? Well, I mean, clearly we have Governor Ron DeSantis, who. I'm assuming will at some point probably run for office for the president. But when I'm looking at this bill, I try to take that out of my mind because you need to look at it in terms of how this is going to affect the state. And so when I looked at it, we were clearing up the law. The law was ambiguous as to whether for a presidential candidate, you had to resign to run or not. It wasn't clear. So we made it clear. You don't have to resign to run. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and, and I make it, we're going to talk about this a little. I'm going to talk about this in my last segment a little bit more. See, I'm trying to be respectful of all my state representatives and not talk about issues that might get, you know, get anybody in the hot water with it. But we're going to talk about um, resign to run and 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 where it is and, and what it means and whether or not DeSantis is going to run and and all of that, all that exciting stuff. I'll spare you from all of those conversations. But it is <laughs> it is a very interesting um you know, it kind of does seem like they are creating a path uh, for um, Governor DeSantis to run. Look, he's been a great governor for the state. He's been um, an ally um, to a lot of these issues, and he's been instrumental to it. And so, you know, Floridians really do have a lot to thank Governor DeSantis for not only his leadership and during COVID, but also being a leader on a lot of these things, you know, school Absolutely. choice and some of these things mm-hmm. we talked about. So, you know, I know presidential races can get somewhat contentious, but um, at the end of the day, 
Um, we still have to talk about all these legislative accomplishments. And I can promise you when Ron DeSantis runs for governor or, or president, um, he's going to tout this legislative um, record that you all deliver to him. Um, so anytime, uh, if, if Governor DeSantis decides to run for president, every time he talks about his record, hopefully you guys are patting yourselves on the back because this is your hard work um, that's, that's provided um, a lot of this uh, all, a lot of this record for anybody to be proud of, right? Absolutely. Uh, we all work very hard, and under the leadership of uh, Speaker Renner, um, these these things are are fantastic for our state. And like I said, I don't necessarily look at it in terms of Governor Ron DeSantis. I try and look past that because what we do lasts. It's not for today. It's not for the next two years. It's going to be there for a very long time. These laws. So I try and look at it in those terms. And so. Um, will it benefit Governor Ron DeSantis? Absolutely. The same way will benefit uh, our, our next governor and our next governor, our next governor. If we should be so lucky that they are all running for president uh, and they do great here in the state of Florida first. Um, so that's really what I look to. And I'm excited that I'm a part of this great team. Yeah. And, and, and we all look forward to the work. Keep on coming. I mean, you guys have done an amazing job. So please keep it up. Uh, Representative Placencia, thank you so much for being on the David Pollack show. I hope you come back anytime you want. Um, and talk awesome. to the talk to the voters about everything we're getting done for them. It's an important message to hear. You got it. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Guys, stick around. We're coming back, and we're going to talk about everything that's going on right now in the news. I mean, there's so much. So it's going to be like a lightning round. Uh, so stick uh, stick around, and we'll be back in just a moment. When you don't believe a word I say. you an insurance agent or property manager looking for a reliable and accurate property inspection? Floridian Property Consultants specializes in citizens insurance packages and replacement cost appraisals so you can get bound quickly, easily, and accurately. FPC's experienced inspectors will make sure each assessment meets all the insurance carrier standards while ensuring that you don't pay for more than you need. Work with a company that respects your time and budget as much as you do. Visit online at FloridianPropertyConsultants.com. That's FloridianPropertyConsultants.com. I think we should let this song play just another 30 seconds. I just love it. It's powerful. I don't know if you guys have ever seen The Greatest Showman. I, I don't care if there's a political thing to it or whatever. It's a great movie, man. And if you have dreams or something, you watch that movie, you just get inspired. I just love that movie. Anyway, welcome back to the David Pollock Show. We're in our final 15 minutes of the show. And I really hope that, that you didn't go and miss any of it because you guys, we have talked about so much and there's still so much more to talk about. But as much important things are happening in our state, we have to talk about what's going on in this country. I mean, seriously. It, I, you can't even turn on the news anymore without being overwhelmed with everything that's going on. I, I mean, I don't I don't know what's going on anymore. I sound like the opening of my show. I don't know if it's Russia or inflation, you know, but seriously, like there's a we, we can't sit around right now and be like, oh, yeah, everything's kind of going great. Not like it was just a couple of years ago when Trump was president. I want to give you a preview about what's going to happen just this week. On Thursday, Title 42 ends. I'm sure you've been hearing about it in the news. What's Title 42? Uh, it, it's basically created um, to keep people during the pandemic, 
um, to address public health concerns to keep people from claiming asylum. Uh, Trump used it um, to do some sort of an emergency action, I guess, to cut down on the number of people crossing the border illegally. But now we are in totally different times. And yes, thankfully, the pandemic is over. But just now we're we're facing they estimate somewhere around 750,000 to 1 million migrants that are ready to cross the border. In response, Joe Biden has called up 1,500 active duty troops, 1,500 for almost 1 million people that are standing by to cross the border. Now, this despite the fact that Kamala Harris back in 2018 criticized Trump for sending troops to the border, calling the idea inappropriate demonstration for TV cameras. Now, Abbott, Governor Abbott in Texas, he's deployed 10,000 National Guardsmen to the border just to fill the gaps created by Biden's reckless open border policies. And it hasn't done enough. You've seen the videos out of El Paso. I don't know if you guys have been seeing this. You kind of have to look for it because anytime you search anything, you you really don't see it. You have to kind of look. But the streets are filled with migrants. There's no place for them to go. And if you don't think this is a real issue, New York is just is now issuing uh, guidance now. They're creating shelters. They're expecting this the migrant surge to inundate even places like New York City. Democrat turned independent, Senator Kristen Sinema. She says her state's going to be in crisis. And even Democrats are criticizing Joe Biden. He's had over two years to plan for the end of Title 42. And has he done anything? Eh, we'll just send 1,500 troops. And here's the best part. They're going to be there for 90 days to do paperwork. A million people are going to cross the border claiming asylum. They're not remaining in Mexico. They say the border's not open. They say there's no crisis at the border. And when when Press Secretary Jean-Pierre, she says, oh, illegal migration is down 95% because of Biden's border policies. 210,000 illegal immigrant border encounters in April alone. This year, we've had 1.5 million. That's worse than this time last year. And last year was the worst year on record. How was illegal immigration down 95%? And the best thing is Fox News' Peter Ducey. He says, how can the border be secure if you're sending 1,500 troops? And she just walks away. She's <laughs> So this is serious, guys. In addition to all the other crazy things that are going on right now that I don't even have time to get into, this is a serious issue. And I, it makes one wonder if the 1,500 uh, troops that they're sending to the border isn't just so they can, can pretend that they're doing something because they have wanted these open borders. They have wanted this illegal migration. They've created sanctuary states. Remember this. This isn't something that they're like, oh, this is really bad. They're like, this is great. Cities and and resources being overrun. But hey, 1,500 troops are there. I think they want this, to be honest with you. I think it's really just like 1,500 1500 troops. But this is going to blow up, guys. And you know what? It'll just usher in a, a greater likelihood of Trump being reelected because there's no way at the end of this that Democrats living in some of these places are going to be like, yeah, you know what? Things are better under Biden because they're not. And then we have to talk about the crime. Now, of course, I don't want to get into the gun debate yet, but look what's going on in Texas. Now, you know how many migrants have been living in Texas. Recently, we had somebody that, and, and they call him the Mexican national. They were hiding the fact that he was a seven times deported illegal alien. Shot eight people. And then was on the run, but they wanted to blame that on guns. You know, there was, the, the, there was that horrific shooting 
at a mall. Now, I don't know the nationality of this person. I'm assuming he was American. From what I understand is that he, uh, Mar- uh, Mauricio Garcia, um, I believe that he, they, that he, I guess, went to the military and, and, and was removed for mental health reasons. But either way, they're saying he's a, a neo-Nazi sympathizer or a white supremacist, Mauricio Garcia. He's, I, I don't know. But I mean, Texas is dealing with so much right now. And then just the other day, George Alvarez, he runs into a, a, a group of pedestrians. And these pedestrians were migrants. So the crime, we can't even protect the people that are coming across the border from this, the crime in these states. And we're going to let a million more in. Guys, this is serious, and it goes well beyond gun control. So I want to bring in my guest real quick and get his opinion on this. Uh, Mark Leto, he has a podcast itself. Uh, it's called the Fearless Mindset Podcast. You should definitely check it out. He's also the founder of Lidlow Security Group, and he's a former Marine. Mark, welcome to the show. Hey, David. Thanks for having me on. Now, it. now if you've listened to my it's tirade. Ludlow, by the way. What's that? It's Mark Ludlow. Oh, everybody does that. Not, sorry not about deal. that. My, my name is David Pollock. <laughs> They've called me Pollock my whole life, so I, I apologize. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't phonetic for me. <laughs> but, um, but welcome <laughs> to the show. I'm sure you heard my tirade. I'm interested to get oh, your yeah. thoughts on it. Well, you know, we just had the thing called the pandemic we went through, right? Yeah. And I think what people don't realize, you know, the heartland of America understands what's going on, but the media is playing the cover-up game, which they do so well. And, you know, they're, they're pumping out a false narrative media to Central and South America. Like, come on up, come on up, borders open. But what's happening with Title 42 is uh, they're going to have to go back home. Yeah, this is you know done by the, for the Trump administration for you know the COVID for c- controlling disease, and they're being told to come on up. But what's going to happen is they're going to be told to go back. But like you said, fifteen hundred troops are going to be deployed down to the uh, border. What good does that really normally do? They're going to that's a million people overrunning our border, and we thought the hospitals were bad during COVID nineteen and full of body bags and stuff. We're going to cause a huge a number one a medical crisis. The medical industry is going to be overworked. It's going to be have all these ki- kids and uh, all these immigrants coming through that have medical issues that need to be seen. We're going to see inflation just explode. We're going to see uh, everything just, we're see crime explode. And who knows how many of these people are terrorists yeah. coming from, you know, Middle East coming over because it's, you know, it's a free, free open road. Come on through. And so we have terrorist issues we have to deal with. We have uh, pestilence to deal with, diseases to deal with overcrowding our, our over-existing stressed-out economy. Yeah. There's so many issues that, I, hey, if you want to play the, play the voting card for presidential election, get as many as you can in before that big presidential election come in. This is a great card. This, I mean, I have to give it to the Democrats. They're geniuses. They figured this out two years ago. Hey, if we let these guys come in, we're going to give them, we're going to, we're going to buy their votes and give them a thousand bucks to vote. Dumb. And yeah. hey, it's a smart strategy, you know. They 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 don't play games when they, when it comes to voting. The Democrats don't play games. They yeah. they, they go all out. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, you're right. I think. Go ahead, please. I think what the problem is, we're, we're not living in reality. The rest of the country is just. I think everybody's putting their head in the sand, going, "Oh, it'll go away. It'll go away. Mm-hmm. Just go into social media. It'll go away. Just it's going to go away." But it's not. I mean, you like a million on May 11th are going to come across that border when that thing drops, and we have major issues. The whole economy of Texas is going to hemorrhage over this issue. Yeah, not and just Texas. Who knows how much Southern California, Arizona, 
Texas, and that's just the border states, not to mention they're exactly. going to be sent throughout the country. You can't fit a million people in Texas. I mean, it's the, I was reading this, the pop, bigger than the population mm-hmm. of Boston. So you, you're going to have mm-hmm. to put these people in places. They need resources. They, you're exactly right about the disease element. I mean, despite the fact welfare, that the welfare amount of— system. Yeah, well, exactly. We have Americans that are hurting right now. We're facing a recession. Right. You have look home- at L.A. and San Francisco homeless issue. Exactly. They can't deal with that. Not in the fentanyl crisis. We have a mental health crisis. We have all these things. We're sending money to Ukraine, and now we're going to spend billions of billions of dollars that we don't have to pay for migrants to come to the United States and do whatever they want with it. Not to mention the fentanyl problem that's coming across the border. We have a record number. This has become the number one cause of death is fentanyl poisoning, and our border is wide open, and we don't know who's coming across. Where's the As, logic? Where's it, the reasoning behind this? It's terrible. And yet, the left is going to pretend that, you know, Republicans, we're just we're just xenophobic. We don't want these people crossing the border for all these reasons. We're racist. But the reality is, yeah, they play that card. Well, they, yeah. they call you know Republicans. You're inhumane. Right. You have no sympathy. You have no heart. And they play that well. They play that really well. Yeah. However, America is the biggest giving country in the world that always comes to eating country's aid during crisis. Yeah, we well, get more than any other country in the world. And they don't they don't broadcast that either. Right. And talk about the humanitarian part of it. When you create this much of a, uh, an incentive for people to come to the border illegally, the sexual assaults that are suffered from some of these migrants trying to cross. Now, I, look, I, I understand. Absolutely. Right. And some of these look, some a lot of these migrants, I'd probably say the majority of them probably just want a better life. And they're coming here for opportunities that the United States offers, which is why it's the greatest country on Earth. So they're ta- they that's know the hope that, it's of that white light on the hill. That's the hope. It, if I was coming from Venezuela, I'd be coming up too. Exactly. I'd be jumping the train. I'd be getting out of here. Exactly. And you know what? We do have a I'd labor shortage. So if we can have people come that's here cool. legally, that's what we mm-hmm. want. We want mm-hmm. immigration. We want people from South America and Central America that want to have a better opportunity here. But there are. When was the last time you saw a white boy in the farms of California picking fruit? I don't know. I've seen some commercials. But <laughs> but the thing is. There are people here yeah. who want to come legally, but what about all the people who are trying to come here legally, have their applications in, and are waiting, mm-hmm. and now they get shoved behind a million people that 1,500 U.S. Yeah. troops are going to be processing? I mean, you have to talk about that. If you are pro-immigration, Absolutely. and if you want to have a diverse society, what are you telling all of these people that are waiting to come to the United States legally? Why bother? But here's the thing. I can just run right through the border. Right. And when you can dangle that carrot in front of people, and now they're paying smugglers, cartels and smugglers to illegally transport people across the border, that's not humanitarian. And that's the issue. They're not being honest. Mm -hmm. And the cartels make them billions. They're probably making the most they've ever made as uh, an industry organization in Mexico right now. This is their heyday. They're, They're loving it right now. Yeah. And what are they doing with all that cash? Producing more fentanyl, coming up with more sophisticated ways to infiltrate the country. And we're also finding that among these migrants, mm-hmm. there's Chinese nationals. There's people from the Absolutely. Middle East that are even on terrorist watch lists. Yes. And, and the morale yes. is so low with DHS. Their arms are in the air. What are we going to do? You know, They're stressed I, I, out beyond belief. Right. I, I mean, They're tired, exhausted. And wait till a million people welfare, come across. Morale. Right. Yeah. And then we got to you know, terrorists, the home. Our sovereignty of a country is at stake here, yeah. and everybody just turning in the corner, putting their head in the sand, acting like there's nothing's going to happen. Right. I think Americans need to stand up and say, enough is enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, yeah. Want, you, you can't cross into Russia. You can't cross into China. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it, and, and, you're right, edu- America. right. And our school systems. I mean, can our school systems absorb 
all of these people, a lot of them needing services, not not speaking English. So they're going to need extra services. It's not their fault. These kids are the real victims here. So they are absolutely. And think about the human trafficking that's taking place, too. Yeah. Because of this. Oh, yeah. All these kids being taken advantage of sexually taken into human trafficking and sex slaves and all that. I've had several people on my podcast, uh, Heidi, on my podcast talking about human trafficking. And uh, this is big, big money for the cartel. That's another addition revenue for them. And yeah. Americans are letting this happen. Why? We're putting our heads in the sand. Yeah. yeah. And then we're putting yeah. our head in the sand for political purposes. And that's the most sickest part about all of this. It seems like the Democrats mm-hmm. will stop at nothing for political gain, regardless of the people they hurt. I'm going to give you the last word because I talk too much. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think, you know, we have, you know, the gun issue is crime's going to keep on escalating. You have you know, inflation just destroying the middle class right now. You have that going on. And it's just, uh, we have, everybody just, I think everybody's tired. We just came out of the pandemic. Everybody's exhausted. Everybody's on edge right now. And, you know, the banks are falling apart too. So that's happening. So you have so many things happening before our eyes and our history. We're seeing things because everything is live, instant information, instant information on our social media. I think everybody is just kind of getting uh, programmed. It's, it's like if a programming is the right word right, right now. We and got before, we, you know, we got to pay attention. Hey, everybody, go go see Mark. He's got a great podcast, The Fearless Mindset. Look him up, and uh, you can t- follow him on Twitter, Mark Leadlow. That Leadlow. Uh, thank you very Mark much Bedlow. for being part of the We're show. We're on all the uh, podcast platforms. FM 94.9, The Answer, WORL, Orlando, News Talk Station of the Year, with this SRN News update, starting now. News this hour from townhall.com. 